0: Are you anxious, stressed, mind racing? Do you have trouble sleeping? Are you looking for healthy ways to cope? Join Speedway Jefferson, certified mindfulness practitioner and lawyer, and learn to apply mindfulness meditation to the challenges of everyday life. Harness the power of mindfulness meditation to live and work to your highest and best purpose. Starting with just five minutes a day.
1: And welcome to Mindful in Five, where we learn how to apply mindfulness meditation to the challenges of everyday life in bite-sized episodes for people with no time, perhaps just like you. My name is Fiwa Jefferson, and today I have a very special guest, Dr. Paul Shealy, who will talk to us about how to lead your mind to brilliant results. Does he not look brilliant? Um, Dr. Sheely is CEO of Sheely Learning Systems and Sheely Business Mindsets. He has influenced a diversity of organizations through his work in problem solving, creativity, communications, accelerated learning, and leadership development, all the things. As the CEO of two companies and a consultant to other businesses, he actively applies his expertise to advance, progress, and overcome challenges. Dr. Sheely, welcome to Mindful in 5.
2: Very good to be here with you, Speeway. What a joy for me and an honor as well. Thank you.
1: Well, we are delighted to have you, and I am especially excited about our topic for today because uh, there is so much to unpack, so let's just jump in here. Is it fair to say that you have a passion for sharing how to activate the rich resources within the mind and connecting this power with a person's physical, emotional, and spiritual intelligence?
2: Oh, yes, 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 indeed. So one of the famous quotations that really caught my attention many years ago was from the inventor, architect, author, Buckminster Fuller. One of the things he said is, we're all born genius, but out of 10,000 children born in the world today, 9,999 of them will be systematically de by well-intentioned, well-meaning adults who prevent the child from exploring their natural world. If we are left to our own avi- devices, we would explore. We're natural learners. We're natural gifted learners. We're natural accelerated learners. But we default to systems of education, That are devoted to instruction, you know, kind of lifting the skull and pouring in, not recognize that we're born absolutely full and that what mind is, is a searchlight to reveal that brilliance that's within us, that genius that we are born with. So. My proposition to education is that the purpose of education is the liberation of human genius. And if we would accept that, then we see that the body has genius, the emotions has genius, the mind have genius, and our higher wisdom, our spiritual intelligence is a genius being poured into us at every moment of the day. So, yes. Am I excited about all that? <laughs> Absolutely, Speedway.
1: Well, so for, for people who are uh, listening, and especially for people who have younger children, right, um, I feel like uh, certainly when, when my kids were younger, I, I was astonished and astounded daily at their uh, intellectual development and their physical development and the capabilities, especially in the first, let's call it two years. So when you talk about genius, right? And I think parents are, you know, they often lean towards thinking their kids are geniuses anyway. Uh, So impressed are we with our own little, you know, creations. Um, So, when you talk about genius, though, I'm, I'm curious, just for level setting purposes, how, how are you thinking about that term and how do you define it?
2: Well, if we really go back in history, the root of the word genius is also known in the Middle East as the gin, J-I-N-N, or the genie in the bottle, if we could think of it. And there was something called the cult of genius for the ancient Greeks and Romans that had to do with this notion that essentially when we come into the world, there is an attendant spiritual um, energy that comes with us. And that is like an angelic presence. What we now know through modern neurosciences is it's what we call the other than conscious mind, that part of us which is rapidly processing information way faster than our conscious mind can. Our conscious mind is good for about seven plus or minus two bits of information at a time. Not very much. But about a half second before we even receive it consciously, our non-conscious mind, the further resources of our mind, have already received it, processed it, and delivered it. For example. Our human eye and brain process 10 million bits of information per second. But consciously, we're only receiving, you ready for this, 40 bits of that 10 million. So really got to think, well, who's deciding which 40 bits comes to us? So I have spent my entire professional life exploring those further resources of mine, what I would call the genius capabilities within us. And so we have this attendant, non-conscious capacity for processing, sorting, it, our intuition, our emotional intelligence, our ability to spot something in a flash of a second to respond precognitively to something that's coming. It's remarkable. I mean, the, it's beyond genius as we would think of it. And we're all able to tap into that, except that's all been marginalized as a result of traditional education in favor of what you can spit back at me after I've trained you and instructed you in how to respond to my test questions, you see. And so we put people in rows. We get them to comply. We get them to be obedient. The bell goes off in the classroom, and what are we supposed to do? It doesn't matter if we're engaged in a deep conversation, if the learning that's taking place is meaningful and significant. You get up, you go to the next class, young lady. If you don't, you're going to the principal's office, you know. So it's really about making sure we're all trained to be good factory workers in an industrialized society. Well, guess what? That hasn't changed for 150 years. And now what we're recognizing is that's not sufficient. It's failing many students today. So we are as adults, and that's really my area of expertise as adult learning, we are underserved by a, an educational system which has taught us to attend not to our non-conscious, not to our genius capacities, but to the limitations of our conscious mind and our ability to respond when asked to.
1: Well, you know, as you're talking about that genius Mind, I'm, the the example that came to my mind, and tell me if this is kind of what you're talking about with respect to the difference in processing speed is if you have ever caught an object that was falling, or if you have ever um, ducked out of the way of something that was coming fast at you, and then you thought to yourself, "Wait, I didn't even think about it." Right, this this thing fell off the countertop. I immediately caught it. And I didn't even mentally, you didn't even process that the thing was teetering and falling in the first place, you, you just reacted. And so that's what I think about when I think about like points where you might recognize the difference in your processing speed between that other conscious level, and then you're sort of the regular conscious level where you usually operate. Would that be a good example? Or am I way off base?
2: That's a very good example. Although I don't know as many people have ninja skills like you do. But, <laughs> but the idea <laughs> is, for example, once you've learned how to drive, and you have some place to get to, have you ever arrived at your destination and wondered if you went through a couple of those stop signs? Because you don't even remember the the journey.
1: Yes. You've
2: essentially allowed your non-conscious mind to do the work for you while your mind was wandering someplace else. Mm-hmm. You were engaged in imagination or dialogue or, you know, listening to a podcast, something like that. And all of these non-conscious automatic functions that you've trained yourself to do are in place and running for you. And uh, An example that I like to use is in reading. Most people don't think that they can read any faster than they can sound out the words in their brain. And what happens very often if you study reading speeds of most adults, today is around 225-250 words a minute. Doctors and lawyers, sorry, Doctors and lawyers actually are the slowest. They're the slowest (laughs) readers they are because many of us learned that when we study, we have to get it right. We have to store everything consciously. And as a result of that, it goes to half that, usually about 100, 125 words a minute. The truth is we could be going 400, 600, 1200 words a minute with zero loss of comprehension, but we have to bypass that set of training wheels that we were given in elementary education when we were told, sound it out. And so as a result of that, many of us are handicapped, even though our brain is capable of going at lightning speeds, literally, and we've tested this at rates as fast as you can turn the page actually much faster because if you're reading on a computer screen, your brain can process at rates where you're getting hundreds of pages turned. I mean, literally 800,000 words a minute. It's crazy how powerful the brain is.
1: Yep. I I totally believe that. Because if you've ever tried speed reading, one of the things, one of the ways they teach you how to read faster is, use your finger and use it to trail the words and what you find is that actually you can kind of go like this and you actually understand and you go a lot faster if you have your finger that you're following as opposed to if you're just reading your sort of at your normal speed.
2: Yeah, and that'll get you to about 600 words a minute. You can also go down the page with your finger and reading at about 1,200. I actually start people out in a course that I teach called Photo Reading. Mm -hmm. I developed for IDS American Express Financial Services Information Systems Data Processing Group. I did that in 1985. I was hired as a consultant to develop an accelerated learning program for reading we launched it there went um, to the general public in 1986 and I've trained trainers all over the world. Uh, that program continues today. I wrote a book it sold over a million copies. It's called photo reading and if anybody is interested, they can look at that photoreading.com one word photo reading and it's remarkable. I'd start you at a page a second that says, literally turning a page every two seconds, flip, flip, flip. And what happens is you begin to turn on these processing capabilities that we're all born with, but nobody trained us to use.
1: Well, we will definitely include the link to that book (laughs) in the notes. Because I suspect there are a lot of people like me who are thinking, man, all the stuff I have to read, if I could read it that much faster, it would be great.
2: Well, it's very interesting because in the country of Mexico, the Supreme Court justices in all 32 states of Mexico were required by the federal justice system to take my course. All of them and their secretaries were required to take the photo reading course. So does the United States do that? I know.
1: i uh, have more time in the summertime if I do. Oh, how about it? Yes. (laughs) So, um, Paul, for over 45 years, uh, your work in the field of human development has served millions of people worldwide. And you just talked about some of them right now. And so recently you've been focusing, as I understand it, uh, you've been focusing your work to help executives and entrepreneurs succeed in business and in life. And more specifically, you recognize in your research that there are three success blockers that sabotage most people's goals. Tell us about those.
2: Okay, so if you think about the construction of the brain, we've got the most ancient part that we share with most creatures. It's called the reptilian complex. Then surrounding that is the part normally associated with emotions. It's the midbrain or the limbic system. And then surrounding that is called the neocortex. So if you just think about these three parts, we could call it the triune brain, except the neocortex, the more modern part of our brain is separated into two hemispheres. So you could think of it as a few more parts than just 3. And so each one of these is a set of circuits which when we are under stress tend to down regulate. So most people that you're speaking with because they're familiar with your work in mindfulness meditation are aware of the something called the uh, fight or flight response. When we're overwhelmed by stress, our normal response is if the if it's very strong sense of overwhelm, we downregulate to that oldest part of the brain, the reptilian, and the response is a freeze response. You know, it's that deer in the headlight, you know, you just are immobilized. Most of the time, we're more stressed at the midbrain, and that's the fight-or-flight response. So someone accuses us of something, or somebody starts to threaten us, we'll either run, or we'll stand and we'll fight. And in either of those cases, we don't have access to the higher brain functions of the new brain, the neocortex, and so as a result of that our attention our perception our thinking our decision making these are all negatively impacted by com- by cognitive stress our ability to respond just they're all negatively affected so the best thing we could do is drive stress out of our system your technique of mindfulness in 5 Perfect because what we have to be able to do is recognize those early signs of feeling overwhelmed, and who doesn't today? And when the pandemic came through, you know, here's a tsunami coming into our world, and then what's the next tsunami, and what's the next tsunami? You know, there's just one after another, and these kinds of disruptive and disorienting changes. Are guaranteed to continue, as one of my professors in my doctoral program talked about. He says, you know, a lot of times in whitewater rafting, there is this turbulent whitewater situation, and you're looking forward to when that turbulence is over and it's nice and calm again. Yeah, there is no calm water after the <laughs> turbulence. He turbulent. calls it permanent whitewater. <laughs> yeah. So, so the idea is this per this. The continuous, challenging, disruptive, disorienting change that keeps rolling through our human family, it's not going to go away. We have to become more skilled. But as soon as that overwhelm hits us, we have these brain circuits that basically disconnect us from our real power. That first circuit, that's that reptilian complex, a second circuit, that's that mammalian complex, a limbic system, a third circuit is that higher brain. And so what we have to be able to do is keep an open mind, an open heart, an open will. You can kind of think of that as the, that third circuit is there in the head, that second circuit is in your heart where your emotional intelligence resides. And that first circuit in the gut, that's where we need to feel a sense of safety And, um, you know, if we don't, we have to learn to quickly get into that state. And so I teach a very simple process to help us overcome those moments of overwhelm and get into that mindful awareness of what's available to us, reconnect us with our power, upregulate the brain so we have access to the real powerhouse in our brain. And that's that prefrontal cortex, where a lot of research is going on, Speedway, to recognize this is the part of us that sees the big picture. This is the part of us that has spiritual awareness. They call it the God spot in the brain. And people who meditate, it's this prefrontal cortex that actually responds by expanding our neural circuitry in that front part of our brain. That's the most evolved center of the brain, and all of us have access to it. But you have to train yourself, right? You have to practice.
1: Well, Paul, this has been a wonderful first session, and we are going to continue this discussion next week. So listeners, I encourage you to tune in with us next week with Dr. Paul Sheely.
0: Thank you for listening to Mindful in 5. If you enjoyed it, follow and rate it on your favorite podcast platform or on Trustpilot.com. Get your copy of the book Mindful in 5 from Amazon.com or Mindfulin5.com today. Visit Mindfulin5.com to download sample chapters of the book, watch videos, connect with the Mindful in 5 community on social media, and more. Until next time... Be mindful and be well.